0: The Free For All Roundtable.
1: Round two. Jerry Agar in for John Moore. Uh, Michelle Morrow, children's music teacher, is on the panel today. Bob Richardson, Talk 1010 contributor and senior counsel at National Public Relations. And former Liberal MPP Mitzi Hunter is here. Mitzi, I'm going to try again this week to get you to announce that you're running for leadership of the Liberal Party.
0: Um, I'm still celebrating the win in Scarborough Guildwood of our candidate, Andrew (laughs) Hazel. (laughs) And Karen uh, McKernan in, Ottawa, in uh, Canada, uh, Carlton. So it's um, it's it's been a good a good past week for us liberals in Ontario. Okay, but Still I'm not running for leadership.
1: All right, <laughs> uh, Toronto pumps the brake on a bid to legalize e-scooters. A new report expected in 2024. Um, Bob Richardson, I was critical earlier this morning. Oh, for God's sake, City Hall just can't make a simple decision. Am I being unfair?
2: No, I don't think you are. I, I, we are always behind. It seems behind the curve. Uh, Twenty different uh, cities ac- ac- across the country have uh, e uh, e scooters pilot programs, uh, programs, etc. And uh, we're still ta- we're still talking and talking and talking. I think we should get on with it. Uh, we should figure out what's best. Um, You know, Councillor Chris Moyes uh, raises a good point. Uh, It's a a really affordable uh, uh, um, mode of transportation for a lot of people uh, and younger people. And, you know, uh, and I I just disagree with uh, uh, Councillor Cole, who I usually like. But uh, it's just this just say no attitude to anything that's new in the city has got to end. We've got to we've got to join this century along with uh, the rest
1: of the country. Well, I hear a good point, Michelle, in what uh, Bob says. And that is if you've got other jurisdictions that have gotten on the ball and handled this, then talk to them, figure out what to do and get on with it. That shouldn't take a year.
3: Agreed. And unfortunately, Toronto, I think, falls into this uh, perpetual habit of it's always behind the eight ball. Just like Bob said, we are very slow to react and we're very slow to change. Um, These have been in cities all around us. There's I live close to Oshawa. And they're in Oshawa. So there's other cities they could talk to without perhaps running a plan within Toronto or running the plan they already did and sticking with it or making a decision on what they already know. It just feels like we can't seem to make a decision. But one thing I do wish is that if they are, cons- they are illegal right now in Toronto. So let's actually crack down. And if they are illegal, then follow the rules. So I wish that it's like there are rules and then we don't follow them for fear that we might make a decision about something.
1: Why is it, Mitzi Hunter, as a former elected official, that politicians so often seem more enamored of sitting around talking? about something and then deciding to talk about it again six months or a year from now, rather than just do it?
0: I think they're just afraid of the risk um, and they don't have enough knowledge to make the right decision. You know, I was just in Brampton yesterday visiting um, my my stepdad, who's in a long-term care facility. And I, as I was um, driving there to see him, I saw these branded e-scooters, it's sort of every, I don't know, one kilometer. And I realize it's part of the city's program to monetize this by having people rent them and park them in specific locations throughout the city. And I'm thinking, well, here's a municipality that's embraced e-scooters And here we have Toronto not being able to make the decision, and it just doesn't make any sense, given the fact that they're on the rise. People are looking for ways of getting around and saving money on gas.
1: Which community did you say that's in?
0: It was in Brampton.
1: Okay, do you think that a city councillor from Toronto could find their way to Brampton and maybe figure that out? (laughs)
0: Perhaps they should be talking to each other and sharing best practices, yeah, all right. Um,
1: so uh, Bob Richardson, how much time do you spend in Kensington Park, the Kensington? Market? I, I
2: like Ken, I like Kensington Market. I go there probably a couple times a year. Um, uh, I think uh, uh, I think it's uh, probably should be a pedestrian uh, friendly, Uh, area as as much as possible, Uh, getting there may may be a, a bit difficult, but they've done that sort of thing again we could learn from other cities. Montreal has done pedestrian areas uh, that have worked extremely well. Uh, a lot of the complaints that are being brought up about uh, Kensington, oh, we can't change anything, were, were things that were brought up in Montreal, and uh, and it's worked out really well. So, uh, again, let's get on with it. They're in to their third round of consultations on this. More talking. So less talking more action let's get on with the game plan here uh i we are talking ourselves to death
1: all right. So what we're talking about here, Mitzi Hunter, is whether Kensington Market should just be a, a, a pedestrian uh, area as opposed to the mix it is now of cars and pedestrians. And it's very crowded and hard to get around in there sometimes. But, I, but one of the arguments I heard this morning, Mitzi, was, yeah, but the people of Kensington Market don't actually want that change. It's people outside Kensington trying to force this on them.
0: Well, well, but it is um, a destination, and we should be embracing that and helping the businesses and the, the residents who live there to see the value and the, the the benefit of changing. You know, there are many, many cities. You go to Montreal, there are so many pedestrian areas that have been built up, invested in, and they're working you know, what, what the residents and the businesses don't want is for changes to be made and then there's nothing done to animate the streets, to design it well. So I, I do believe that the city has to work with the local residents who live there and the businesses to show them how marvelous this can be because, you know, everyone loves Kensington Market. It has great food and culture and it's interesting and we should be doing more of it, not less of it. And and, uh, and not just reducing it to whether cars can drive through or not. Bob, are you and I the only ones old enough to remember King of Kensington?
2: Uh, I, I, I certainly remember Al Waxman. In fact, his uh, wife, uh, lives uh, Sarah, lives here in uh, my
1: building. All right. Uh, Michelle, do you know what we're talking about? And do you, do you uh, like the idea of more sort of pedestrian areas in a city?
3: I do know Kensington very well. I have celiac disease and there's a gluten-free bakery in there that I frequent when I'm in Toronto, but I am a visitor to Toronto. So I don't feel like whether it's easy for me or not to go should have an effect on it, which is one of the things is that they focused a lot on visitors who came to Kensington, who believe that a pedestrian, um, a pedestrian style would work best for them. But one thing I do think we are ignoring in the great conversation is that we are not a three quarter summer town. We have heavy, heavy winters, that seemed to come earlier and seemed to last longer. And I feel as though we should look at perhaps if you want a pedestrian only area, could we then make it optimal for cars in the winter? Because I know there's a lot of people who will not go out when it's really, really cold. They won't walk that extra 20 minutes to go somewhere. And some of these businesses might not survive.
1: OK, I was wondering if you knew who King, King of Kensington was.
3: Oh, yes, I do know oh, who okay. that is.
0: I'm so sorry. OK, <laughs> yes, I've seen old clips of it. I am aware.
1: OK, Mitzi?
0: Yes, of course. Oh, okay. First of all, I grew up in the 90s going jean shopping in Kensington and know all the, all the players.
1: <laughs> all right. So uh, here's another uh, City Hall issue. Ontario court quashes Toronto City Council's $100,000 pledge to fight Quebec's Bill 21. That's uh, the bill that has to do with uh, people working within the government and uh, not being allowed to wear any kind of religious symbols, which is something they only seem to care about when more Muslims came along because they didn't seem to have a problem with uh, uh, French Canadians wearing the cross. But regardless of what you think of the issue, Mitzi Hunter, this is not a Toronto City issue at all. They're crying poor all the time. They shouldn't have put one penny toward this.
0: Yeah, so, you know, this is um, our city and we've got so many different directions and so many different priorities um and i can understand the 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 need to jump in and to try to you know show that um that we're diverse and we're inclusive it's it's part of our brand in our city uh, but i i believe that from a legal perspective like we've got to stick to stick to the areas that we have jurisdiction over and this clearly isn't one so you know we we certainly denounce what's happening with bill bill 21 uh, it doesn't speak to our values but maybe we should you know be sticking to to what our jurisdictional authority is and that's pretty much what this decision is saying
1: yeah michelle i would say to a counselor don't virtue signal on my time and my dime on an issue that isn't your jurisdiction anyway
3: yeah it makes it really hard because you hear about this sort of bill and it, your um like your hackles go up you you know that this is wrong and you know that this is being done perhaps not for the right reasons not that there's ever a reason to discriminate against someone but they there's nothing we can do. We are a different city council. Uh, we can stand up and say this is wrong. We can stand up and say this is not a bill that we would support. We can stand up and say this is not a bill we would put forward in our own council. But pledging money to help something that we can't actually help just is a big signal, and it falls into the it falls into the hands of people who think that anyone who is a liberal is a virtual signal.
1: All right. So, uh, Bob Richardson, it's, uh, it falls to you to uh, support city council here in this. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm grumpy uh, towards uh, City Council, it seems, today. Uh, look, the city needs to go on a mandate diet. Uh, it, it takes on way too many different things. Uh, this is another example of it. That This is not an appropriate use for Toronto taxpayers' money. Uh, and we need to, we need to get a, a whole lot more focus. We're not doing the basic things as well as we need to. That should be our focus and and, uh, and take it from there. So, uh, sorry, I, I'm, I'm going to continue on being grumpy
1: here uh, today, uh, Jerry. Well, then I'll try you on this one first. The Supreme Court of Canada has ruled that when criminally accused people insist on representing themselves, judges may appoint a special lawyer with a defense-like adversarial role to ensure trial fairness. I, I don't think we should spend money on that. I think you have a right to be an idiot.
2: Um, I, 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 I'm torn a little bit on this one because the problem is if the idiot represents himself, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, the court case is reviewed and maybe he didn't have a proper representation or he missed points and and then uh, we go back at it for another round in the courts so i think the courts is something that needs to be done properly and in an organized fashion and that usually would uh, mean uh proper representation
1: okay uh bob you've made a really good point but missy hunter i go back to i i wouldn't have a court review you chose to represent yourself too bad so sad you're an idiot
0: no, I, I actually agree with Bob. Like we've got to have um, fairness in the justice system. It's the basis of uh, of the whole system. It's got to work, and it's got to work for everyone, even even the I guess the the person who exercises
1: very poor judgment. So. All right, I'm striking out here, Michelle. Or- <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I'm with you that you you have the right to be the, an idiot As long as it doesn't cost me money And if you have an appeal that proves that you were an idiot It's going to cost me money because it's in the court system That's my frustration There's nothing written uh, There's no... Um, plan that if someone um defends themselves or represents themselves that then they cannot appeal on the fact that they represented themselves so if yeah. we were going to go that route then that is a change perhaps we should make i don't know how we would do that but that is something we could make um but i agree with this like if you if there's a chance that your ruling could be overturned because you're an idiot then you should have that amicus right there to help you so that we can avoid that
1: michelle morrow bob richardson mitzi
3: hunter thanks very much this is new stock 10